I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast, where a couple friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, We are... This is the second movie, if you're listening to this episode, this will be the second movie this week that we review. Uh, If you would like, go ahead and scroll back on the podcast feed and check out our review of A Quiet Place Part 2, which me and Jessica really enjoyed. So we have another movie that did get released during Memorial Day weekend. It sure did. It really did get released. And I know you and I had questions going into this movie. Uh, So absolutely. Let's go ahead and let's just get started (laughs) on it because I think uh, we have to answer these questions. Uh, Before we get started, Mm -hmm. if this is your first time listening, thank you. And go ahead and give us a follow as a subscriber on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and the TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's such a great way for you to get involved and show your support for as little as $2 a month. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. Let's go. Today, we are talking about Disney's live action adaptation, Cruella. Yep. Yes. Uh, this. That's it. This is this is a movie here. Um, this is a movie. Here. Okay. <laughs> Our tone is probably going to sound negative, but I don't think everything that we have to say will be negative. I, <clears throat> no. I don't think so. Um. So let's let's get into it, and we'll we'll find the good, we'll find the bad. Uh. So first off, what is this movie about, Jessica? The IMDb synopsis reads, and I'm afraid it's very. Short. It says a live action prequel feature film following a young Cruella Deville. That's pretty much it. We, That's it. That's uh, it if you want a little more detail, it's uh, we <clears throat> we see the rise of Cruella Deville, a young Cruella Deville in the fashion yeah. world, and she has a mentor or you know an ad- adversarial mentor who she in the fashion world who she's up against. Period. Yeah. So that's that's more of what's happening in the movie. This is written by Craig Gillespie. He directed Lars and the Real Girl. Uh, he also directed I, Tanya, uh, the Pam and Tommy TV miniseries. It's currently, it's in, currently in, in production. Pre-production. Have yeah. you seen the Absolutely photos? Absolutely, I have. Are you, do you know who you're dealing with? Absolutely, I've seen those photos. That's going to be oh my major. God. It has Sebastian Stan and Lily James. Lily James as, is Pamela Anderson. As Pamela I don't know Anderson. how they did that witchcraft. That's witchcraft. That is, it is witchcraft. so uncanny. Wow. Anyway, back to this. <laughs> uh, so it is written by Dana Fox, who has been a writer for The Wedding Dates, What Happens in Vegas, Isn't It Romantic? I sense a theme there. And also Tony (laughs) McNamara, who wrote The Favorite. Yeah, so it's really weird because Dana Fox is writing like these B-list rom-coms. And then Tony McNamara is most known for The Favorite, so he's won an Oscar, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, A very odd coupling there for the writers. And then finally, of course, this movie is based on the book 101 Dalmatians by Dodie Smith and it probably has actually more to do with the movie that most people are familiar with from the 1960s. Okay, so 101 Dalmatians, the animated movie, is from 1961. There we go. And the live action 101 Dalmatians is from 1996. Correct. Yes, starring Glenn Close as Corolla. Right, so I would feel that this has this movie has more to deal with those iterations than the book itself, but then again, the book is pretty straightforward. So this movie stars Academy Award winner Emma Stone as Cruella. <laughs> Are you going to do this for all of them? Uh, also Academy Award winner Emma Thompson. She has won for screenwriting. Uh, she won back in the 90s. She plays the Baroness. Uh also, people in this movie, uh, Joel Fry as Jasper. I think most people would probably know him as the friend in the movie Yesterday. Do you remember? Friend in the- oh, he is the yes. friend, the weird friend uh, in the movie Yesterday. Uh, then there's Paul Walter Hauser. 
he's had a lot of roles in major movies. Yeah. Um, I can't pinpoint one quite, but I do know he was in I, Tanya for sure. And he was. Yeah. So he's basically worked with the director before. Exactly. And he was in that movie that dealt with the Atlanta Olympic, Olympic bomber. Yes, yes, yes. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, uh, um, I remember the trailer. And yeah. It was like all star cast. It had an all star cast. And yeah. he like they looked at him as the one who did it and everything. Yeah. And uh, one more person of note would be Mark Strong. Uh, who plays John the Valet, Mark Strong. I mean, you could pick out almost any movie and you'll know him from there. Uh, but I think most people will I'll know. I'll go with Shazam. Yeah, I was going to say Shazam recently. <laughs> he plays the villain of Shazam. Yeah. He, yeah, so that would probably be the most recent. But he's in so many. He's in things. so many movies. Yeah. Uh, so, Jessica, can you tell us, what was the reaction by critics and audiences? So critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 72%. Fine number. Fine. Respectable number. Yeah. And then the audience score is insane at 97%. Oh, boy. That is a high <laughs> score. Oh, Nelly. That is a high score. Earlier this week, we had A Quiet Place Part 2, which I think you and I agree that that is a better movie than this one. Oh, 100%. And that had a 94. Like, it was less. <laughs> Than this, which what? is surprising. I, I'm going to try to find what people are seeing in this. And I want to say right now, I don't hate this movie. I like no. this movie. Yeah. I just don't think it's that good of a movie. 97%. Like, that, get out of That's town. unassailable. That means that there's almost nothing it's wrong with it. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that's true. Uh, what What was the consensus oh, the, by critics? Sorry, the critics consensus. Ooh, critics consensus. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Cruella can't quite answer the question of why its title character needed an origin story, but this dazzling visual feast is awfully fun to watch whenever it's leading ladies' lock horns. Yes, we'll get to that yes. in a moment. Uh, I agree with that. <laughs> the movie came in second place because A Quiet Place Part Two did take the number one of the box office here during Memorial Day weekend. It made... 21 million, if you're not including the holiday, really it's 26.5 million. So these numbers are as of Monday, Memorial Day uh, weekend, and 42.6 million worldwide. Also, as of note, this movie was released on Disney Plus with Premiere Access as well. Right. So, so we don't get those Disney numbers. We do not get those Disney numbers. We do not know if it's a success, although... I'm pretty sure, based on the fact that they've done this multiple times now, they are expecting this to do well enough for them on this on the streaming service. That is my mm -hmm. guess. Now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, Jessica, yeah, okay. what did you think of Cruella? I think I think it was fine. Um, I was expecting absolute trash. It was not absolute trash. In fact, they had a dress made of trash at one point in the movie, <laughs> kind of poking fun at that as well. Um, yeah, it was fine. I think that in my head, I created a way better movie or, you know, origin story for Cruella. Mm. And I shared it in our group text. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, yeah, this movie was fine. I did not need it. Did not want it. Watched it. Was Perfect. It was perfectly adequate. Yeah. You know what it is? The movie has no business being as good as it is. Because I would agree. I would agree with that. Because that honestly, you're expecting really. Um, yeah. You're expecting bad, bad movie. storytelling. And it's not bad storytelling. And you know why we're expecting it? Because for the most part, the live actions have not been good. They have been. That's an understatement. That is, yeah. But. Here's the thing, like if you look at the this trend of retelling a story from a different angle. So yeah. the best example I could get is Maleficent. Maleficent huh, yes. or Maleficent, uh, Queen of Mistress Evil. Of Mistress evil? of Evil, that's what it is. Uh, those movies are just not good. I've I've watched both of them. Okay. And Maleficent, I feel, is passable. I never watched the sequel. The second one is bad, man. <laughs> it is, it's bad. Uh, and as much as Jolie commands, you know, so much attention, it's just not enough for that movie. But besides the point, most of these in, uh, straight 
you know, live action versions of these beloved classics always fall short because of the fact that it is just a retelling of the same damn story. So Lion King, Aladdin, uh, Beauty and the Beast, which Beauty and the Beast might be the biggest fail of them all because of the <laughs> fact that they wasted so much talent in that movie just to sit, just to tell the same story. And on top of that, you, it's a tale as old as time. And unfortunately, <laughs> this that this version was not good. The Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson, because you got someone who can't sing in the lead. Yeah, so yeah. so there's a lot of things like it's just rehashing the same thing that we saw just with actors now and terrible CGI. Uh, this movie doesn't really do anyway, itself so any favors in that same regard. Same thing with Maleficent. They're trying to say that Cruella is just misunderstood. Right. They're doing the misunderstood thing. Yes. Which. <laughs> okay. But. That, two sides the whole to every point, story. Right. Here's there's my two sides story. to every story. Okay. Sure. <laughs> but the thing about Disney movies is that there is a clear hero and a clear villain. Uh, so muddying that doesn't make sense to me. You know, like we have to and the movie is not subtle about it, but basically give sympathy for the devil uh, and really. Devil. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and really see their point of view as to why they became the way they became. And yes. I think if I'm not mistaken, and maybe I heard it wrong, but supposedly they're doing a Hades movie. Yes, Hades from Hercules. Um, uh, right. It, uh, what? I know. Too much to unpack. The king of the underworld? Too much to unpack there. Was God of the underworld? So. He needs a, he needs a story? I don't know. Greek mythology? I know. Okay. It's already okay, out there. Fine. Okay, but back yeah. to this movie. I think that it's not necessary to tell an origin story for Cruella, a person who takes dogs to make clothing out of them a given a given but with that said this is pretty good. now that we have it it's actually pretty good <laughs> because it is anchored by two women who know what type of movie they're in they knew the assignment and they executed it to the maximum both of yes. them are trying to outshine each other in every scene that they're in uh emma stone Fantastic, although there's moments where the accent goes Hammy. in and out. Also the accent, yes. Yeah, and this is before she becomes Cruella. Like, she's right. still a Stella, so the accent is, like, in and out. But when she becomes Cruella, the accent is it in notably full Notably improves. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. Uh, and then Emma Thompson is just wonderful in this Resplendent. Movie. She <laughs> gives Meryl Streep's... A run for her money. A devil Meryl, wears Prada. The, the devil yes. wears Prada, yes. Marilyn Devil Wears Prada is like the close cousin to the Baroness in the Corella movie. Yes. And so, Emma, I mean, Emma Thompson really, I think she knocked it out of the park. She really did. She really did. Um, the rest of the cast, I think most of them are doing pretty well in this movie. I, I like Jasper's character. Uh, the way he kind of sympathizes and like looks after Estella before she becomes Cruella, of course. Uh, I do like the comedic bits with, I'm just going to call him Paul because saying all three names is too much. With It's too much to say Jasper and Horace? Well, I could say just Horace. That's true. So Horace, great comedic bits. Love whenever he would, uh, they would talk about a new gig. There was like, what's the angle? That that right. that was a very fun. Uh, and then and the dogs, the too. dogs they, too. There were two dogs, and um, Wink. I apologize, we don't have their real names, but it was Wink and what was the other one's name? Oh, that's Scruff, the Scruffy dog. The Scruffy dog, I can't remember, but I do remember mm. the small little one was Wink. Wink, because I had an eye patch, wearing an eye patch on the dog. Fantastic. Oh, so good. So the acting is pretty good throughout. Uh, I want to go ahead and mention it now. This is uh, something great in this movie, and it is the music. Holy shit. Like this. <laughs> they had no business. They had, they no, had business. no business. No. like Putting the these songs, these needle drops were, I mean. Insane. Iconic. 
insane stuff. Just to give you a sample of a couple of the songs, because we can't go through all of them. There's too many. There's too many good ones. <laughs> but uh, just to give you a sample, you have uh, Nancy Sinatra, These Boots Are Made For Walking, The Doors, Five to One, Nina Simone's Feeling Good, uh, Queen's Don't Go Crazy, uh, the Clash, Should I Stay or Should I Go? And then The Rolling Stones with two needle drops. Yeah. Uh, She's a Rainbow and Sympathy for the Devil. We'll get to that one later. <laughs> but yeah, the the music is incredible throughout this entire movie. Yeah, it felt like I was watching a music video at it some kind point, of felt, I think it was a positive. Yeah, especially during, there's a montage scene in the middle of the movie, or a couple of montage scenes almost, where they're kind of just showing you the progression of Cruella, and they have music, just needle drop after needle drop. And so those were done. If I could say something bad about one of the musical cues, and it, it comes in the credits, it's the Call Me Cruella by Florence and the Machine. I don't know if it's Unnerving. that good. Wrong. It's it's not a very good rendition of the Cruella DeVille song. Uh so but other than that, the music is incredible. Excellent. Um really quick, the CGI sucks. Trash. Oof. It is so bad. Uh <laughs> it is laughable. Uh there are moments where they show like uh like the camera, the fake camera is basically like hovering around what's supposed to be a cliff, and it is so terribly done. Um, they use CGI they didn't animals. It. They didn't need the CGI animals. No, like they. Did used... you think they needed CGI no. animals? I felt like the trained animals were doing just. Fine. I think trained animals could do fine, but and as a matter of fact, that's a plus in the direction of the 1996 101 Dalmatians live action is because they did not have any CGI animals. Yeah, in this movie. Or CGI scenes. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, this movie relies heavily on CGI for no reason, I don't think. Yeah. There's no reason for it. Like, it doesn't make sense. And it's it, it takes you out of like scenes and stuff because you could clearly tell like Emma Stone is on a sound stage right now. Like, it does, <laughs> like it looks nothing like what she's in. Uh, so, those are the main things that I think that, at least in general, that we can mention before getting into spoilers, because apparently there is a twist in this movie that didn't really shock us, but there is a twist nonetheless. True. Uh, so before we get into spoilers, anything else? Okay, here's a question I want to get out of the way now. Uh, you are a big fan of the 1996 version. I am. In particular, Glenn Close. <laughs> Glenn Close is doing shit. She is fabulous in that movie. I think that there's some lines that are super quotable in that movie where it's like a fully realized, powerful female. And yeah, she's trying to slaughter <laughs> puppies, <laughs> but like, I feel like I identify so much with that Cruella. So you the, heard it you here, know, folks. You heard it here <laughs> first. Jessica is a dog killer who wants to make I am not a dog killer. I am not a tiger killer. But um, what I'm saying is that I really admire her delivery of things. She's very um, powerful and manipulative and just overbearing in such a really fantastic way where you like admire her and want to be that, you know, fantastic of a of a commanding presence so that's what i admire about the glenn close thing right she is deplorable because of the animal situation right. but you know she's coming in saying things like oh we've lost more women to marriage than to famine disease and all this and i was like oh my god she's so right like it is very much of an empowerment thing that she is under underlying in that performance right. and in the lines that she that she gives so uh so let me rephrase the question that i was going to ask because i oh, don't yeah, think sorry. it's it's fair to compare because i don't think anyone's going to compare to glenn close so <laughs> what i will ask is this uh do you feel that emma stone's version of cruella fits into the overall narrative of the Cruellas we've seen on screen, like Glenn Close's, of course, the the animated version. Does it fit or is she out of place? I think she's a little bit out of place okay. because 
in the Cruellas from the 1996 movie and the 1961 movie, there's a sense that Cruella comes from money. Mm. Yes. And that she is really out of touch with the common people. Okay. <laughs> you know, yes. um, she does not care about anybody else but herself. She is a narcissist. She... Um, admires talent which she does in this movie as well but as far as like i know what it is to go hungry like no i don't think corella does right and there's that sense of like pompous um uh upper class bourgeois you know uh elegance if you will like i don't know how what else to call it but it is like this mentality that this Cruella does not truly have. No, this Cruella does feel like more of a rags to riches, upstart yes. underdog type of feel. Yes. Which, and I don't again, quite like that because right. I don't want Cru- why why is Cruella an underdog? She doesn't need to be an underdog. And that brings us <laughs> no pun to intended. The, that brings us to the main question of why are they doing these type of movies uh, trying to get us to sympathize with the villain? It doesn't make sense. Why they? I think doing I sympathize more with her in the '96 version, where Glenn Close is like straight up, like, "Yeah, I stole a tiger from the London Zoo and I slaughtered it, and now it's on my back." Like, so there's, it's again, unapologetic. Jessica, animal killer, and no. doesn't believe in marriage either. So, look, I'm just saying that there's a power trip happening with Cruella, and she's accustomed to a certain lifestyle, and if she wants it, she'll have it. Yeah. And maybe the only piece of that is like, if she wants it, she'll have it, is running through this Corella movie with Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. There's a moment, but, I guess, I, mean, I guess the movie is all leading up to that version of Cruella that, that right. we currently have. But I, I understand what you're saying because the Cruella we have seen before, like you said, does feel like she was born and raised in money and right. is Spoiled. not someone that can be in common with the common person. Right. So I, I totally agree with you on that. So Or love someone other than herself. Very good point. So again, this is a movie that we do not understand why it was made. But with that said, we'll go ahead and we'll talk about more of this movie plus the twist that comes in the movie right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see the devil ever pulled pay no attention to that man behind the curtain was convincing the world you can't handle the truth he didn't exist oh what's in the box all right so let's go ahead and talk about spoilers for cruella do you want to just get that one out of the way or do you want to hit some other points so cruella is basically sasha fierce (laughs) um there is a dual personality thing happening for Emma Stone's Estella, who has this other personality persona, and it was nicknamed Corella by her mother. Yes. Because she's cruel and terrible. And it I, happens I a minute and 20 seconds into the movie. It does happen a minute and 20 seconds into the movie where you see, and then the hair is not uh, manufactured. That is her. She was born that way. Hair, yeah, born with half white and half black hair. Insert uh, Lady Gaga song right now. Uh, so, <laughs> I. But here's the thing about that: the movie doesn't clearly state that she has like dual personality. It no. just kind of infers it in a way because she does make reference. She can turn it, it on and off. Yeah, but like when she goes into full Cruella mode later in the movie. Yeah. She mentions that, you know, Cruella is here to stay and Estella is going to be the one that makes visits. So I couldn't. I literally, when she was saying that in the theater, I was like, oh, Split did it better. <laughs> <laughs> that was my honest thought. I was like, this movie is trying to be so hard. And I'm like, they're on the lower end of a PG-13 movie and we have all of this like, um, you know, backing uh, content that we are familiar with. So they can't just like put in a, like a mental illness 
essentially into this children's movie and have it be like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, I want to have like another personality that just right. uh, my regular personality. But Disney is did. going to be, <laughs> you know, the less less dominant one. Right. Like, exactly. Come on. So that is, I would say, the f- I, I guess that's the first reveal. But then the other one is that. I also she is an orphan. On. I also don't like how the movie is like, oh, you have to have you have to separate your quote unquote good and your bad uh, uh, characteristics into two separate people. Like, can't she be driven and like spunky and curious and narcissistic as like a, her regular self? Of like, course not. It's Hollywood. It's so annoying i know uh any any woman who is driven or you know wants to excel yes powerful self-centered yeah they always and all of a sudden you know, it's like they oh lean no into you have like, that's cruella or, yeah exactly <laughs> what so, yeah it, it sucks um now the other there's another reveal there's two more reveals that i want to talk about uh so the second one is she's an orphan she she is raised on the streets of London with Jasper and Horace. They're all like She's similar not, age. Well, yes. So She's they were raised, raised by she the was streets. raised by her mother. She was raised by a her what she considered her mother. Yes. Which that up is until the she next was reveal. like grade school age. And then That's the she third ends reveal. up in London as like, you know, a Oliver Twist sort of thing. Pretty much. So uh she becomes an orphan because her mother dies by falling off of a cliff at a party. Which is so, like, I don't know about that. I thought that was dumb. It, it's kind of dumb. They I had agree. the Dalmatians yes, push her here we over go. a cliff. Here we go. So this movie establishes the Dalmatians as bad. Yes, there's three ra- ravenous trained Dalmatians. That are like hound guard dogs. dogs? How? Yeah. Yeah. They treat them as hound dogs, but then they're also like guard dogs, police, almost like police trained, like, oh, they're just going to like kill whoever you want. Yeah. At the drop of a hat. At the drop of a hat. And so they push the mom over the cliff. Yes. So then we find out later on in the movie that the dogs, the reason why the dogs push her over the cliff, not because their owner was threatened, the Baroness, Emma Thompson, but because she blows a whistle to attack her. Yes. So now we get the catalyst for Emma Stone's, Cruella's revenge story to unfold. Finally, we get our biggest reveal of all that, again, was not a surprise to us, but I can understand (laughs) if it was to people. And that is that her mom was not really her mom. Her real mother, her birth, birth mother, mother, was the Baroness. Dun, dun, dun. The Emmas are related. The Emmas are related. Hmm. Mother, daughter. Okay, if you say so. Sure. Okay. Sure. I mean, <laughs> that's fine. I was not surprised. And I'll tell you when I kind of spotted like, hey, I think this might be where it's going. And it is in the birth scene at the very beginning of the movie when they pull up the baby. (laughs) They had a birth scene. They had a birth scene. Why? But anyway, I remember thinking, I don't know if I'm right, but I wonder if she's Emma Thompson's daughter. And then I never said it again. But that was the thought in my head as soon as I saw that. So I was not surprised. When Mark Strong's character shows up, here's your birth certificate. Your real mother is the Baroness. Dun, dun, dun. And I'm just like. Gasps in Spanish. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's a good one. So I I was not surprised by that. I don't think you were surprised either, right? No. No, because I think the movie kind of like led us there easily. Mm-hmm. You know, it they're did, so similar. Oh my, oh my god! So, okay, so those are. I think that's a bad thing. Where if you're trying to build up to a big moment, a big reveal, and if the audience is not feeling the reveal, 
that means you did a bad job on the reveal. And so this movie did a bad job there. I think that a lot of this stuff is unnecessary. So let's go to the good parts. Let's talk about good. Wardrobe. Wardrobe. Incredible stuff. Stunning. Stunning <laughs> stuff. Uh, do you have an outfit that kind of stands out for you that anyone I wore? I really enjoyed that outfit where she had, um, it was like paint or something as a mask. The future. And it said the future. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that spoke to me. I, you know, I'm an emo girl at heart. So like that was like, yes, I want the edgy. I want it. I want the leather. I want it. It was like very appealing to me. But all of the other outfits were it's so great. They were really great. I really enjoyed I did not okay, the least favorite outfit for yes, me. Yes, go ahead. Was the red dress that she lit her cape on fire yeah. and it like dissipated and revealed her red dress because it was a all white or white and black party, so no color. Um, I think that Hunger Games did it better, and I don't believe that this world can get like in nineteen sixties, which I'm assuming this is set in that time period. Mm, yeah. Early seventies. This yep. is like a thing. Yeah, on that's the street. No, I can't. I <laughs> can't you can just buy fabric that, like, <laughs> that you know. just burns. Only that fabric, and does not burn you. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed her, and this was more of a common outfit, but her when she had the black and white bob with the like big shoulder pad, oh, okay, leather okay. Yes. look yeah. with the cane. I thought that was okay. a really good look on her. All right. So I really enjoyed that. But if we're talking about uh, the actual outfits that she used, like during the montage and stuff like that, it's probably the future one because it stands out the most. I just think it's really like the makeup, I guess, is really what sells it for me. Yeah, it does. Uh, But there's other outfits that are just I mentioned the trash one like that. Yes. That was was a very upcycled dress. (laughs) (laughs) So the. I think the wardrobe has a good shot of actually being recognized in mm, this movie. I would agree. Even the designs that they show throughout, obviously, they're both the Baroness and Emma Stone have a hand in fashion design. Um, amazing. I definitely think that the gowns are up for something. Yeah, I think I think they will be. Just because yeah. of how well they look and how well they're produced and designed. Even Emma Thompson's Baroness, all, everything she wears yes. is, I mean, immaculate. Incredible <laughs> stuff all the way around. Yeah. Uh, we already mentioned the music. Did you have a favorite needle drop that happened in the movie? Because I think mm. that there's two that like really stand out for me and for two different reasons uh the first one well actually you know what it's three uh the first <laughs> one is feeling good by nina simone this is when it's, she gets yeah. the job at the the baroness's company i can't remember the name of the company uh so she's walking in and they yes. play the beginning of feeling good by nina simone i thought that was really well done uh the second one was stone cold crazy by queen uh where mm, she steals I really the like car that one too. Yeah, and she can't drive, so that gives us an origin of her crazy driving style in in the movies. Uh, And then the last one, I'm not as big on, only because it's so on the nose. nose. So on the before I say it though, we find out how she gets the name Cruella Deville. She gets Cruella first, yes, from her mom. Her her you know adoptive mom yes. calls her you're you're Estella not Cruella and that's a minute twenty into the movie. <laughs> so then later, so I think what I said was solo. <laughs> in the movie. You said it here. You said it at this moment when uh, Horace steals the car. Yeah, and then says, "Oh, you'll never believe." I'm not. You know what? I'm not going to do the British Don't accent. Don't do never a British mind. accent. You're not going to believe this call. This car is called Devil. And then yes. Jasper corrects him, it's DeVille. And that's when Cruella kind of like looks out and is like, Cruella DeVille. <laughs> and that's when you said Han Solo. Solo. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, ooh. Same thing. Okay. That's how you got the name DeVille? Sure. After but, the car. <laughs> and so after that reveal and at the end of the movie, when her empire is about to begin – 
and She's Estella won. is dead. Now Cruella yeah. Deville lives. We get sympathy for the devil by the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yes. And honestly, halfway through the movie, I was like, I hope they don't play it. <laughs> like they're they're not gonna as do it, soon right? As it started, yeah, you like, hear that? I knew it. Like the yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god, they did it. They actually <laughs> did it. It's so on the nose. Sympathy for the <laughs> devil. Oh my god. So, so those are the ones that stood out to me. Two of them really good. One of them too too <laughs> too mm. on the nose. Um, but yeah. D- I don't know if I got any of yours, like ones that um, kind of. So started. I did like the Queen ones, don't yeah. go crazy. That's and then one. I will say, like the perhaps, perhaps, perhaps from Doris mm, Day. Yeah. Kind of, it was pretty simple compared to the other ones, so I liked that. It was kind of scaled back. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, is there a scene in the movie that stands out for you as a good scene? One I like that- the moths scene. Oh yes, that's a good one. That's yeah, a very good one. So that's a long con because <laughs> they had to really plan that out for her to lock away all of the gowns ahead of the debut. And she sews on, hand sews all of these cocoons for these gold plated cocoons. Yeah. Well, the cocoons are gold. Yeah, that's true. Like You're naturally. Right. You're right. And so she sews them on this gown that's the centerpiece for the show. And they hatch inside of the vault and they eat it's like thousands of moths that eat all of the cloth on the gowns and it's just horrendous and it's this big reveal and oh it's fantastic i really enjoyed that scene because you see it coming but you're so and then when it happens you're still like oh it's so good like <laughs> you know versus the deville or you know any of the right other because this one is like, one oh that they God. set up Yes. And you're just waiting. Because yeah, if waiting. if you understand what she's sewing, then you're just waiting for the payoff. And it's right. a good payoff. Yeah. So th- that is really good. I, I agree with that. Um, visually, there's a shot that I really like that I thought was okay. really good. was uh, during the end, the final party, when Emma Thompson walks into on the stairs and she looks out at all her guests. And then the camera turns and just does like this shot overhead of all these women dressed up as Cruella. I thought visually it just looked really cool the way they did it. Uh, In terms of scene itself that I really enjoy, I guess maybe the montage I think was well done. I like the montage. I like a good montage. This was a decent one. Yeah, because like it, it is intercut with like pieces of newspaper which, by the way, did you want to talk about that? Uh, Anita is a newspaper gossip okay. journalist, pretty much. So or, Anita, yeah, is um. Oh God, I forgot her name. But she is in the movie, and she is not a designer. She is what a gossip columnist. That's what it feels like. She's a gossip columnist or a fashion columnist. Right. And so she has a really close relationship with Cruella. They went to school together. So it's more like Skywalker business. Everything's interconnected. People knew each other from their youth. Um, And so (laughs) they form a bond. She starts writing about Cruella. And I think that's a huge change. It is. For Anita to not be a designer and to be underneath Cruella essentially as her employee in the previous movies, Disney movies, I should say. So I feel like that's disappointing because I don't want Anita to be at the same level as Cruella, essentially, like friends almost. Yeah. Quasi friends. Yeah, they're kind of friends. I don't like that dynamic because it gives Cruella so much like, like, well, maybe she's not so bad. It's like they were friends when they went to school. Right. That's, and-, and that's the biggest crux of the question that we're asking is why did you have to make her into a sympathetic character? <laughs> and this movie tries all these different things and all this different dance. Or to- how about this? Like, why have Anita in there at all? Yeah. 
Anita. You don't need Anita in there. No, you this don't. This is about Cruella. Yeah, exactly. I know you're setting up another movie, but like you could have done a Marvel, you know, post credits and be done with it. Yeah, which this movie does have a post credit. <laughs> Sorry, I made a face. You made a face. It does have a um, post credit scene, which is Anita and um, why am I blanking on his name? Roger. Roger. Each receiving a dog of their own from Cruella. And, you know, I, and that's where we okay. hear Roger beginning the notes of. He's already composed Cruella DeVille, right. the melody. Exactly. Yeah. He's already created it. So. So I, the only thing that I was really happy about is that they had, if you've watched the animated movie, the animated movie starts in Roger's apartment mm-hmm. with him on the piano he's working writing music and then pongo's like on the window seat in the bay window yeah and that's how the movie ends basically in the as a as scene. a callback to the animated right it looks exactly like that exactly so but okay well let's talk about that because because cruella gifts Pongo and Perdita to Anita and Roger. Yes. They're not together yet. No, they're not. And it's just like, it's, okay, so she. <laughs> so she gifted what, what, it to them. Yeah. That kind of takes away what happens in the animated. Why does she and, want to kill their puppies then? Like, I right. guess that she doesn't. Like, why? What I'm trying to figure they, out is. They had this whole running theme of like, oh, I'll just let the the rumors about me persist. Because they think that she killed the dogs, the Baroness's Dalmatians. Right, because and she wears it, an outfit into, that She made spots. it into a, a, yeah. And she's like, oh, whatever, I'll just take that. Even though I didn't create an outfit using the skins of her dogs. Like, no. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. If, if they are trying to set up a sequel, Right. Yeah. Which it looks like they are. They are. They have Anita and Roger in the movie. Roger was the Baroness's lawyer, but he was a terrible lawyer. Terrible so like, lawyer got fired. Why? So if why? they're if they're setting up a sequel, what the hell are they going to do about the whole Dalmatian thing? I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense now. If no. if you're if this is going to be you your do primary not have story. A villain. You essentially just negated your villain. Yeah, because if at the end of the day if you're trying to set up a story with this continuity right now with Emma Stone, there is nothing to be done with the Dalmatians. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing to be done. The only continuation I can see is that some other fashion designer. Some other person takes the dogs and then Cruella has to find the dogs. Like, what? With her own dogs. Or she, something that makes her take the fall and she's willing to do it to keep up the persona. Which doesn't make any damn sense. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, or I, they don't go the Dalmatian route at all and just make the sequel about her fighting off competition in the fashion world. Which boring sounds like a lame version of like a sequel to the devil wears prada like it doesn't make any sense so i don't know what they're doing here i don't get it's it. frustrating it feels like they're shooting themselves in the foot they really are because like i mentioned earlier there's a reason why disney and even to extent of like uh other stories marvel star wars anything There are good guys. There are bad guys. There is a reason why you have good guys and bad guys. So that way there is not this moral ambiguity to tell a story where you have a clear and cut ending. Because now you don't have a clear and cut ending. And for for some things that works. But not for Disney stories. <laughs> Not for fairy tales. Fairy tales right. are about the good guy getting over the bad guy, you know? The bad guy losing. So now you're telling us that oh, maybe the bad guy shouldn't have lost. And if that's the case, does that mean that there's no bad guy at all? Because you can't say that the good guys are bad. 
So it's just a mess. You're creating a mess. It is a mess. It feels like a mess. It feels like they're just doing it just to do it. Yeah. Because they can. It's it, um, somebody was just in the creative. It's like they're hey. like, oh, what if Corella gives the dogs? What if Corella gives Pongo and Perdita to Roger and, and, and Anita? Like, what What about that? Or just scrolling back even like, further. Oh, yeah, that's so awesome. There was no, no man in that room. They were all yes men. <laughs> they were all yes men. You need someone that's like, actually, no. Like, you need someone <laughs> in that room like that. And they just want Emma Stone's Cruella to stay as clean as possible. Pretty much. But, I mean, her mother, the Baroness, was straight up a murderer. Yep. Like, of humans? Of humans. <laughs> yes. That's why it was rated so, PG-13, because of the thematic elements of murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because... <laughs> remember <laughs> when right. I told you? Uh, <laughs> what if they sneak in, like, bitch? No, this is what I... This was our conversation before the movie started. Is I said, "Ooh, they get one fuck. Do you think they'll use it?" And, and at the same said, time, I the was same saying, time. "What if they use the word bitch?" And like you said, the f word. I said, "Bitch." At the same time, <laughs> and we and I looked at you like, "There's no Whoa. way a Disney movie is gonna do the f word." Come on, you you thought about it for a second. For a second, you were like, and no, like, no, no. <laughs> They're on the lower end of the PG-13. Like, yes. it was this close to being PG and, you know, not the other way around. <laughs> but I think they could have gone with a hard PG-13. If they wanted to, sure. If they wanted to. Yeah. And just gone full in like Emma Stone is a villain. Like, maybe her mom was a killer of humans, but she's a killer of animals. <laughs> like, I don't know why they decided to make her so benevolent. Even though she's like... Very, um, has all these negative qualities, and, so to speak. Oh, let me let me say this. this and she's putting down like Jasper and Horace throughout the latter half yeah, of the movie as yeah. well. Because they need to establish her dominance over them for later, it seems like. <laughs> Another thing, though, is that the movie, it doesn't do a good enough job of establishing her as like really bad. Because the movie makes her feel like an underdog for almost the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And at the end, she becomes... And that the Baroness deserves it. Right. The Baroness deserves it. Mm -hmm. And at the end, she is the victor. She wins. Yeah. The victim is the victor. (laughs) Yeah. But here's the problem. She should not be the victim in the first place. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, we're we're hung up on that part. We're hung up on the Because I want the villain to be a villain. Yeah, and this Cruella takes away our villain. villain. Yeah, and they t- they're they taking it away from us. They're taking away that villain. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't make any sense as to why they're doing that. But again, money. Yeah. Money. money. Like it made, what did I say? It made over $40 million this opening weekend. Plus, who knows how much they made in terms of Disney Plus premiere access. Mm-hmm. So- do you think we'll see a sequel? I hope to God not. <laughs> well, yes. Okay. There's a hope. And I There's going to be a sequel. They, they set will. it up. It's going to be 101 Dalmatians. It's I just don't know what the hell they're going to do with it. Okay. Now, with all that said, before we get out of here, I do want to ask this. Well, two things. Number one, what did you give this movie as a score? Oh, I gave it a three. I settled. Mm-hmm. I settled at three and a half. Okay, I'm almost uh, going to two and a half, but I'll give it a three because I really like the visuals of the wardrobe and um, the acting from the the Emmas. Right. Uh, but as far as the plot goes, like terrible. Uh, right. I, feel I like gave they it a neutered three and a, half. a great villain, and you know, I right. Even watch it again. I gave it that because I was kind of grading on a on a curve. On a much. curve. Yeah, I was grading it on a curve of the Disney animated or, you know, from animated to live action. Disney retellings. There we go. That's what I meant to say. So that is why I gave it that score. Now, coming up in their production list. (laughs) You have this face on. What is going on? 
Yeah. It is. God damn it. Okay. So. (laughs) (laughs) These are the movies. These are the movies that are coming up. So we have The Little Mermaid coming. Uh, That has already been cast. Uh huh. That's. um, Oh, I forgot the name. Her name. Uh, uh, it's a black Haley Berry. Haley, no, it's not Haley Berry. Yeah, Haley, it's Haley Bailey. I that sounds better. I Ooh, think I feel so bad. What is? Her yeah, name? I do feel bad. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna look up her name. Uh, while while I'm looking this up, uh, her name is yeah, I'm right. Uh, it it's, is. It, it's actually it's Hallie Bailey. Hallie <laughs> Bailey. Because Too okay, close to Halle Berry. Okay, that's why Haley I was Berry. kind of like close because I yeah. knew it was like not Halle Berry, but I didn't close. know which way it was off. Uh, so it's Halle Bailey is cast okay. as Ariel. Yes, uh, that one still does not have a release date, but huh. that is the next one in line. Apparently, we have a Jungle Book sequel that's coming out. No, yes, we have a Lion King follow up. Is what why? they're calling it, not sequel follow up. What? Uh, we have Snow White and the Seven Doors. Why? We already Snow had White. like three of them, I feel like. But uh, you know that what? Was, they weren't made by Disney. No, that was Mirror, Mirror and, and Snow White, Snow and, the White and the Huntsman. <laughs> they, that was, those were twin movies? Those were twin movies. Yeah, they yeah. were. Uh, we have an untitled Aladdin sequel. Jesus. No, please. Then these, these three, these are the last three showing up on here. Hunchback. That is Hunchback the title. Hunchback of Notre. Okay. Yeah, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, Bambi. What? Why are they doing <laughs> a live action Bambi? And finally, Hercules. Oh God. Hercules. Hercules I'm a little bit excited for. Yeah, That's that the one, only one that I'm like, huh. Right. That one is being produced by the Russo brothers. Uh, okay. Known as the directors of Endgame, Civil War, they're the ones that are yeah. doing the production on that movie. They're the Marvel Bros. The Marvel Bros. So those that's what's coming up. I think by our tone, we can say none of us, none of them are exciting to them. us, except no. maybe Hercules. Maybe Hercules. Depending yeah. on what they do. Yeah. But besides that, man. So here's my question to you. I know we're running a little long, but what would be a Disney villain that you'd like to see an origin story for. <sighs> I have one. I have one. You you say yours and I'll, I'll Okay, I'll come so up mine, with mine is um Ursula from The Little Mermaid because in the one. movie she says that she used to be in the palace. She used to work in the palace. Yeah. So there's some bad blood there that there happened. There is. And she was cast out. So I really want to see an Ursula origin story. I would not be opposed to that. And if they get the casting right, God. It would us. be good. It <laughs> yeah. would be good. Um, you know the the evil queen from Snow White? Evil queen from Snow White? Might be a good one. Okay. Because we can see like how she got her hands on like the mirror and you know how did she become- that has heart that has harsh competition though. Because I know Snow White and the Huntsman gets a lot of flack. But Charlize Theron Charlize. in that movie as the evil queen yeah. is something else. Let me she tell you, that fantastic. performance, that story for her, that character is amazing. Yeah. You're really right. Really good. You're right about that. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny that that movie, Snow White and the Huntsman, had a sequel, but it's just called The Huntsman. <laughs> they took out the Snow drama. White. They took out Snow because, White. It's so because funny. Because Kristen Stewart had that scandal with the director. Yeah. So, so they both they got down. ousted. Yeah. And what did they do? They replaced her. Basically, they replaced her with Jessica Chastain. Yeah. And then and they also added Emily Blunt as yes. the Snow Queen, the Ice Queen. I, I can't remember. Right. But like they just like filled it in with like these amazing women. They were like, look, we can't give up on this money. We just have to f- the show must go on. The show must go on. <laughs> yes. So Oh God! Disney Plus has also movies coming out, live action. Oh shit! God, uh, next year, Peter Pan and Wendy. Oh, I remember that. That is coming out next year as a live action, straight to Disney Plus. Which the cast, I don't think we're gonna know any of these names. These are all like 
Oh, well, well, there is a name that we are going to know. Uh, my brother's boy, Jude Law, Jude as Law. Captain Hook. Oh, my gosh. So we definitely have to. Yeah. So maybe we definitely know one name can at come least on there. for that episode. Uh, he, what's the line he says? Miguel's always like, I would watch Jude Law watch paint, paint dry. dry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Pinocchio going straight right. to right. Tom Hanks is playing Geppetto. In that, uh, Luke Evans as the coachman. Luke Evans. The uh, coachman. The owner and operator of Pleasure Island. Uh, oh, he's the fox. Yes. Well, no, um, or I don't know. I don't think the fox owns the island, but um, he gets him there. Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt is Jiminy Cricket. No. Yes. No. He's playing the voice. The voice. Oh, then not the singing voice. Is there, wait, is there singing? Oh, I don't know. That's a good one. That I is mean, a very good question. That's the most iconic Disney song. Yeah. And then uh, Keegan-Michael Key as Honest John Worthington Foulfellow. That's the- I it, think That's the red the, fox. Yes. Yeah. That's the one. Keegan-Michael huh, okay. Key is playing. But you want to take it seriously as well. It is a fo- like a mean fox. Right. Manipulative thing. Exactly. And so then the rest of these are all in production, but there's nothing really too much going on with them yet. The Sword in the Stone, Robin Hood. Well, when are we not going to have – we should do a podcast of just Robin Hood movies. Right. I know. There's so many. Because there's so many. Uh, An untitled Prince Anders film. Prince Anders. It says that its origin film is Aladdin, but what the hell are they talking about? What the hell? I don't know what the hell they're talking about. What the hell are they doing? I don't know. And then finally, your favorite, Lilo and Stitch. Oh, shit. No. Absolutely (laughs) not. Absolutely not. No, I know. I know. Uh, So, yeah, this is just a bunch of stuff that we have. Man, we are not excited for this. Yeah. We are not. We're not. Not at all. Uh, and it sucks because look, we like Disney stuff. Disney's good. Like they, they make good content, but now when they're recycling the same thing, they already made, like, Mm -hmm. I understand that most of these stories that we're getting like Cinderella, Snow White, they're all like, you know, fairy tales that actually existed. And then Disney basically took them as their own almost. Yeah, I wish that they would almost just go back to the Gr- Brothers Grimm source material. Yeah, and, and make take it another dark. one. Take yeah. oh, because make it those dark. stories are dark. Yeah, yes. make it dark. But you know, Disney wouldn't do that. Disney wouldn't do it, but, but they should. <laughs> hey, but if they could find another story that they haven't already taken, mm. why not? Why not yeah. go that route? But we'll we'll see what happens. Oh, it's in the so future. disappointing. At, Recycling IP. Yeah, but at the end of the day. We personally did not like the uh, the Cruella, the fact. I think we're we didn't like the fact that they are making her into an antihero, that she's no longer a true villain, which again doesn't make any sense. But yeah. at the same time, we still enjoyed aspects of this movie. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed the Emmas. Both Emmas were really good in this movie. Yeah, the soundtrack was fire. <laughs> and then so was the wardrobe so yeah can't complain all the way around but again we yeah we, we are part of that 72 percent rotten tomatoes score. <laughs> That's yeah what it on feels that like. side we're on that side we're on that side not the 97 percent audience score exactly so i will go ahead and say i think that just That's about wraps case. it up here for us say at black case diaries <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode go ahead and let yeah. us know on social media we're at Always Critic Pod on the socials. That is Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. So that is at Always Critic Pod. If you have already started following us there, go ahead and make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast app at Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, many more. You can find us always the Critic Podcast. And finally, if you've done that. If you've also left us a review on Apple Podcast, five stars, of course, what else can they do for us, Jessica? Become a patron. You are so kind. We would love for you to become a patron and extend your kindness. I know that it's really tough out there to follow all these podcasts and um 
But if you throw a couple bucks our way, we'll just make our show even better. <laughs> that is correct. We will make it better. Exactly. Yeah. So with that said, that has been this episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast.